Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Chris Terracon. Season 8 of Jury Duty explores the trial of Alex Murdoch, a member of one of the most powerful families in South Carolina, who is accused of murdering his son Paul and his wife Maggie, with the purpose of covering up a multitude of alleged crimes including fraud and homicide. In our last episode, we reviewed further arguments between the parties regarding the admissibility at trial of financial crimes evidence. In this installment, we continue our look at that issue with our coverage of the in-camera testimony of Jan Malinowski, the CEO of Palmetto State Bank, where multiple irregularities were discovered related to Alex Murdoch's financial dealings. That's all coming up right after the break. Mr. Malinowski appears to be in his late 60s and sports thinning gray hair. He wears a navy blue suit, a white dress shirt, and a light blue patterned tie. Prosecutor Creighton Waters begins by asking the witness to offer Judge Newman some relevant biographical information. Introduce yourself to the court just a little bit. Obviously, we're not in front of a jury, but just so the uh, court knows who you are, uh, tell us just a very quick uh, history of how you got to your current position. I'm Currently the president and CEO of Palmetto State Bank, uh, headquartered in Hampton. Started my banking career out of the Citadel, 1977. Went on to graduate school at the university. Upon completion of a uh, master's program in Columbia, joined the Wachovia Bank and Trust Company. Uh, went to Zurich, Switzerland. From there, went to Barnett Bank in Miami, Florida, and subsequently uh, traveled Europe with the old Barnett moved to First Union National Bank in Savannah for a brief period of time, and then in February of 1991, joined Palmetto State Bank. Currently, you serve as the CEO, is that right? That's correct. And how long have you been the CEO? Since uh, August of last year. Right. Uh, August of 2021? Yes. Sir. And who was the CEO prior to you? Russell Lafitte. Was he uh, terminated not long before you became CEO? Yes, he was. Back in uh, June of 2021, what was your role at that time? I was executive vice president and responsible for branches in, in Beaufort. We have two branches in Beaufort. And were you also a member of the board of directors of the Palmetto State Bank? At that time, yes. And uh, you mentioned that you were in charge of some branches in Beaufort. Uh, could you explain just a little bit to the court uh, about sort of how it operated then with the branches in Beaufort and the branches perhaps in Hampton or, or elsewhere, please? Yes, sir. Uh, we, at the time, we were about a 700 million-dollar asset bank. We have seven branches, operated somewhat decentralized. 
I was given responsibility in 91 for the two offices in uh, Buford, as I said, one in Burton location and one on Ladies Island. Other officers of the bank would be responsible for uh, the other branches, Hampton being the main office, and then with uh, Allendale, Fairfax, Estill, and Bluffton. You say you are a little bit uh, decentralized. Is it fair to say that, for the most part, you were primarily responsible for the operations in Buford and someone else was primarily responsible for the operations in the Hampton area? Correct. And who was primarily responsible for the operations in the Hampton area? Russell Lafitte and his father, Charlie Lafitte. And when you say somewhat decentralized, obviously there was a board of directors that looked at the institution as a whole. Yes. Uh, But in, in practice, there was kind of a... A deference to the local folks on scene, you being in Beaufort and the the Lafitte's being in Hampton, is that correct? Yes. All right. I'm going to ask you to explain just a little bit, though, about the Board of the Directors and the Executive Committee. And again, if you could briefly describe to the Court uh, what those two entities are and how they operate so that we can understand the next set of questions. Well, the Board of Directors of the bank has the absolute authority and responsibility to, uh, to run the bank. But they delegate the day-to-day managerial responsibilities to officers. Uh, Charlie Lafitte was long-serving CEO and chairman. Russell, uh, COO, subsequently became the uh, CEO. Uh, I was executive vice president and ran uh, the two branches. But uh, board of directors would delegate the, as I said, the day-to-day control to the executive committee and certain uh, senior officers. And when it came to authorizing loans, what was the role of the executive committee uh, in authorizing certain loans? Was there a threshold, and how did that work? There is a threshold. Um, The board of directors would authorize uh, individual loan officer loan authorities uh, on an annual basis, uh, branch managers having a certain level of authority, and then executive officers having a higher loan authority, and then organizationally, two executive officers could approve a single loan or a up to X million dollars, and then once it got beyond the uh, threshold for two executive officers, it would go on to the executive committee, which would uh, review the loan request and either approve or deny uh, any loan that uh, exceeded a million and a half dollars. At the time, in June of 2021 or thereabouts, in that, uh, in the, in that area of the, of the year, um, were you the secretary of the executive committee? I was. Prosecutor Waters hands Mr. Malinowski the first in a series of documents related to Alex Murdoch's financial dealings with Palmetto State Bank. All right, do you recognize that document? I do. Tell me what that is, please. Uh, it's a, in the minutes of the executive committee of August 12th of 2021. A number of topics were discussed, but primarily the uh, relationship of uh, Richard Alexander Alec Murdoch and his total relationship uh, with the bank. And this is on August 12, 2021? Correct. All right, so these are the minutes that you're referring to, is that correct? That's correct. All right, and there's a discussion right there, including a reference to a uh, memo that was distributed outlining the uh, bank's relationship with uh, Alec Murdoch, is that correct? Yes, sir. And there's a reference also to the total indebtedness that Alec Murdoch had to the bank at that point in time. Yes, sir. As of the day of that memo that was presented to the executive committee, uh, Mr. Murdoch owed directly or indirectly $4.2 million. $4.2 million. Is that correct? Yes, sir. All right. I forgot to ask you this, but tell me real quick, when do the board typically meet and when does the executive committee typically meet? Executive committee typically meets on the second Tuesday of every month and the board meets on the third Tuesday of every month. 
I'm going to show you what's been marked as Exhibit 385 to, uh, for the purposes of this in-camera hearing and see if you recognize that document. This is a copy of the uh, minutes of the directors of Palmetto State Bank describing what took place at a board meeting on Tuesday, July 20, 2021. All right. And who's the secretary that authored those minutes? Ray Henderson. Okay. And uh, you were present as a board member for, the, for this discussion? I was. All right. And what's the date again on that particular one? July 20, 2021. July 20, 2021. At that time, was there any discussion or any record of a discussion of any loan to Alec Murdoch for $750,000? No, sir, there is not. Again, that's July 20th, 2021? That's correct. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Prosecutor Waters then moves on to ask Jan Malinowski a series of questions about his discussions with his colleagues during the August meeting of Palmetto State Bank's Executive Committee. All right, going back to this uh, August 12, 2021 Executive Committee notes, I want to walk back just a little bit and tell me, was there, uh, did Alec Murdoch come up in any discussion among the board members prior to August 12, 2021? Yes, it and did. Tell me about that, how that happened, please. Uh, on August 9th, uh, Norris Lafitte, a board member, uh, sent an email to members of the executive committee and the board asking for a full accounting of uh, Mr. Murdoch's relationship with the bank. All right, and uh, what, what happened after that? Did that spark any particular activity? Sparked quite a bit of activity, conversation, and then activity inside the bank that day. All right, and explain that to the court. What happened? Shortly after... Mr. Lafitte, uh, Norris Lafitte sent his email to uh, members of the executive committee and the board. The uh, deposit was made to Mr. Murdoch's account in the amount of $400,000, which cleared up an overdraft, a large overdraft, which had been in his account that day. All right. And who caused that deposit to happen? Russell Lafitte. All right. And so there was a significant overdraft in Alec Murdoch's account? On that day, yes, sir. Was it over $350,000 overdraft? Yes, sir. And so Russell Lafitte caused a $400,000 to be deposited into his account? Yes, sir. And that was after the email from Norris Lafitte asking about Alec Murdoch on August the 9th? Yes, sir. All right. Um, at that time, that Russell Lafitte caused $400,000 to be put into Alec's account to cover a over $350,000 overdraft, were there any loan documents or any sort of application or anything uh, in existence supporting any such uh, disbursement? No, sir. Just put the money in there? Yes, sir. You mentioned uh, other activity. What other activity was sparked by that August 9th email? Uh, there was some activity to create an application to go through our typical loan approval process through one of our underwriting programs, software-driven. All right, I'm going to show you what's been marked as State 356 and see if you recognize that. Prosecutor Waters hands the witness another document. This is a photocopy of a page two of a deposit checking account statement. Uh, for, in the name of uh, Richard Alexander Murdoch. All right. And what does that uh, reflect on August 6, 2021, what the balance was in his account? 
overdraft balance of $347,784.67. And what happens on August 9th, 2021? A deposit of 400000 is made to this account. All right. And we see after that there's a transfer to checking of $20,000 that's done as well? Yes, sir. And do you know what the purpose of that transfer was? No, sir, I don't. Okay. So right there on August 6th, 2021, Alex's account was negative $347,000. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And then off the books, Russell Lafitte caused $400,000 to be put into his account. Is that right? Yes, sir. All right. Let's talk more about that. I'm going to uh, show you what's been marked as Exhibit 357 to your testimony and see if you recognize that. Prosecutor Waters hands a stack of documents to Mr. Malinowski before displaying the first page on the monitor. It's a copy of minutes of the directors of Palmetto State Bank dated August 17th, 2021. And uh, who was the secretary for these? Do you know? Gray Henderson. Yeah. And were you present for these, these board meetings? I was. All right. And these minutes accurately reflect what was discussed at the board? Yes, sir. And we'll turn over to the second page. And was there a discussion at that time about, and again, this is on August 17th, 2021, was there a discussion about loans to Richard Alexander Murdoch? There was. And is there a, a reference there of Alex's intention to sell the farm? Yes, there is. All right, and is there a reference in there to uh, the extent of Alex's liability uh, in total loans? Yes, there is, $3,544,897. All right, and was there then a discussion of uh, additional loans that Alex had that had been charged off? Yes, there were. And very quickly, are you familiar with two entities called Zero United and Redbeard? I am. And are those entities associated with Alec Murdoch? They are. Now, those loans that, in fact, uh, the bank had charged off. That's correct. All right. And explain very quickly what a charge-off is without too much detail for these purposes. Certainly. In a situation where a loan is deemed uh, non-performing to the point where the bank's uh, executive committee and or uh, senior management decides that it's time to take it off the books, you charge it off. It's an accounting treatment. Uh, but it doesn't uh, remove the obligation of the borrower, or in this case, uh, members of the LLC, any legal obligation to repay the loan. And so Alec Murdoch was still on the hook, required to pay those loans, is that correct? Yes, sir. And were there real properties associated with both of those loans? Yes, sir. And in the event Alec Murdoch had tried to sell those properties, would the bank expect to be paid any outstanding balance plus interest and all the rest of it? Yes, sir. And in fact, was Alex still paying on those notes even though they were charged off? He had periodically, yes. And so the ultimate liability to the bank uh, for Alec was somewhat larger if those are included. Is that correct? Yes, sir. There's discussion in here about a $750,000 loan in this particular board discussion. Is that correct? Yes, there is. And this is on August 12, 2021, I believe. Is that right? It's 17th. 17th, excuse me. Had you been aware of any sort of $750,000 loan to Alec Murdoch prior to these discussions coming up as you move to the board meeting on August 17th, 2021? Only to the extent that $750,000 loan had been referenced in, by, in, during the executive committee in the memo that uh, was referred to in my executive committee minutes. Which would have been shortly, or a couple days before this. Is that yes, correct? sir. Preceding All right. week. All right. And... At the time that the $400,000 had been dispersed back on August 9th, there was no loan paperwork in existence at that time. Is that no, correct? No, there was not. All right. Was that the only disbursement made pursuant to this supposed $750,000 loan? It was not the only disbursement. 
All right. I'll show you what's been marked as uh, States 358. Let's see if you recognize that. Prosecutor Waters again approaches Mr. Malinowski with a stack of documents, and the witness flips through the pages as Waters questions him. It's a wire request form on our standard documentation dated uh, July 15, 2021. Palmetto State's going to wire funds to South State Bank. Beneficiary of the wire is the Wilson Law Group, LLC, to their IOLTA account in the amount of $350,000. $350,000 to the Wilson Law Group? Yes, sir. And then what's the uh, the next page in this document? Are the wiring instructions to the, the Wilson Law Group. And does it have contact information? Contact information is to Chris, Chris at Wilson Law Group, SC.com. All right. And is that Chris Wilson, the lawyer um, in uh, South Carolina, in Barnwell, in Bamberg, South Carolina, excuse me? As I currently understand, yes, sir. Right. This is on July 15th, 2021. Yes, sir. $350,000 was wired to Chris Wilson. Yes, sir. Was there any documentation, loan documentation, loan application, any sort of paper work whatsoever justifying Calvin State Bank sending $350,000 to Chris Wilson? No, sir. And whose benefit was this sent for? Alec Murdoch's. Alec Murdoch's. All right, let me ask you about this, and I'm going to put it up on the screen. And right now, there it says sender information, and what does that say right there, please? Palmetto State Bank, LNOS. All right, and can you explain very quickly what LNOS is, what that is? It's an account the bank maintains. It's called loans not on system. And should that uh, should this wire had lifted listed that as the sender? No. And explain that to the court, please. Had loan documents been signed that day, the the sender would have been the borrower on the loan. In this case, it would have been uh, Alec Murdoch. But that's not what was listed, is it? No, sir. Creighton Waters next takes Mr. Malinowski through a series of documents guiding the witness to confirm that an additional $400,000 was inappropriately transferred to the benefit of Alex Murdoch in early August of 2021. Mr. Malinowski also confirms that this activity prompted Norris Lafitte, a member of the family that owns and operates Palmetto State Bank, to raise questions about the bank's relationship with the defendant in an email to the executive committee and board of directors. You've already testified that there was no loan application or loan paperwork or anything like that supporting the bank disbursement already of a total of $750,000. Is that right? That's correct. And that was a wire in July 15th for $350,000 that went to Chris Wilson, correct? Yes, sir. And then a $400,000 disbursement on August 9th uh, after Norris Lafitte sent his email to the board of directors. Yes, sir. That covered a negative $347,000 overdraft in Alex's account. That's correct. I'm going to show you what's been marked as it states 362 and see if you uh, recognize that. Prosecutor Waters hands Mr. Malinowski another loan document. This is a copy of a promissory note, commercial, single advance, loan number 6996048 in the amount of $750,750. Note dated 7-15-2021. Just real quick, what's the $750 for? That's a note fee we charge. A note fee? Yes, sir. $750 for a $750,000 loan? Yes, sir. Is that typical? Possibly in the Hampton office, yes, sir. Okay. I'm going to let you hold that one for a second. Uh, Look at the back page and tell me, is that application signed? Yes, it is signed. Who is it reportedly signed by? Richard Alexander Murdoch. And what is the date on that application? Date on the note is July 15, 2021. All right. And is that the same day as that wire to Chris Wilson? Yes, sir. 
Have you had a chance to examine that document and look at the records of the entity for which you're the chief executive officer? I have. Have you had a chance to look at the loan number? I have. And are those loan numbers sequentially generated by your system? They are. And in looking at that loan number, is there any way that document could have even been in existence in July of 2021? No, sir. And in fact, it had to have been generated after the August 9th email and after these disbursements. Is that correct? That's correct. I'll show you 363. All right, tell me what that document is, please. It's a business purpose statement. All right. And uh, it accompanied the loan, 6996048. And what is the supposed purpose for the loan that's listed on that? Uh, business expenses. And again, this document's also dated uh, 71521. That's correct. But is this the kind of document that also would be generated along with the application that we just saw? It would in the, in, in the note documentation system, yes, sir. All right. The application that you said could not have existed in July of 2021. That's correct. The implication raised in Creighton Waters' questions and the witnesses' answers is that someone conspired with the defendant to file fraudulent documents in order to retroactively paper the loan. Six months after the Murdoch trial, another member of the family that owned and operated the bank, Russell Lafitte, was convicted of conspiring with Alex Murdoch to commit wire fraud and bank fraud. Let me um, go back. We had a reference to the board minutes from August 17th, 2021. And there was some discussion of this particular loan at that board uh, hearing, um, board meeting. Is that correct? Yes, there was. And there had been discussion at the executive committee meeting not, uh, a little bit prior to that. Is that correct? That's correct. What was your understanding at, at that time from those meetings, what the collateral was, supposedly, for this new $750,000 loan? It would be a, a mortgage on Edisto Beach House and a, a share of Green Swamp stock. And is that the green uh, swamp that was referred to on the sticky note uh, that we saw earlier? Yes, sir. And what is your understanding, though, as, as things developed as to whether or not that collateral actually was able to be used for this particular loan? Certainly the second mortgage did not exist or was not placed on the property. The property was in the name of Mrs. Murdoch. Okay. And what about the green swamp? Uh, was that already collateralized? It was cross-collateralized with other loans. So this loan was heavily under collateralized, is that correct? Yes, sir. There's been some discussion about whether or not an appraisal had been ordered uh, prior to June of 2021 for this supposed $750,000 loan. Was there an appraisal that had been ordered prior to June of 2021 on the Edisto property? There was. Did that have anything at all to do with some sort of loan for an additional $750,000? No, sir. And with the end of day seven of the trial, we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty. Please join us on our next installment as we conclude our review of the in-camera testimony of Jan Malinowski. Also, check out the Crime Story podcast, Night Raid, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created and produced by Carrie Antholis. It was co-produced, written, and edited by yours truly, Chris Terracon. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty.